All right, welcome to episode 30 of the At-Bat Podcast presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news as well as take a trip around the league. I am Saul Rodriguez, along with Miles Porter, and we are joined by Gabe Wilkins. How are we doing today, man? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you guys having me on, Saul and Miles, as always. You know, we, we're at that finish line time. Who would ever thought the Phillies would have got a chance to get in the World Series as the third wild card in the first year where, you know, the third wild card was inserted into the playoff format. So they, they took full advantage of the opportunity. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, extreme chaos for sure. How are we doing today, Miles? Doing good. I mean, this is this is like a it's one of my favorite things about about baseball is that you can get surprised. There's always so much to mm-hmm. to look forward to with so many different stories happening right now within the MLB. So it's just it's fun. It's fun to it's fun to look at. It's fun to be a part of in a way and just uh, look forward. I look forward to this very late World Series to get started. Oh yeah, for sure. We're, we're def- I'm sure we'll go into yeah. I think it will go into November, right? For sure. Um, but yeah, I think I mean. We'll get into it, but I know I, I, it's definitely I think it's going to be a long World Series. So hopefully that's for the entertainment purposes. Um, that'd be great. But first, we're going to start off um, in Chicago, of course. Gabe, what do you think about the managerial search in general? Um, and then well, obviously not much is broken this week. Um, we talked about it a little bit before we got on is uh, the fact that Joe Espada uh, was a finalist for the Marlins job, but Skip Schumacher got the job. So that kind of you know gives us the White Sox a little bit more of a chance to land him uh, what do you, what do you see in the, in that whole situation? I think the news yesterday out of Miami definitely helps the White Sox because you know anytime Spotter was mentioned as one of the top four finalists for the Marlins job, had history with the organization dating back to like the early to mid two thousands when he served as a third base coach um, for the franchise. You always kind of have to have your eyes open for news like that, you know. And when you add on top of the fact that he resides in Miami during the off season. You know, I can understand how that made some Sox fans fret, but with that news, you kind of breathe a sigh of relief and you realize that your guy is still on the board because that's the guy really that a lot of White Sox fans want in charge. Um, That's been well documented and well stated over the last several weeks since, you know, this job opened up. But, you know, it's other guys too. You know, like they just interviewed Kevin Long yesterday, um, Philly's hitting coach who has played a vital role in, the success of a lot of World Series champions as of late, you know, was the former hitting coach of the Washington Nationals, worked with Alex Rodriguez um, back like in the mid to late 2000s with the Yankees, has a real extensive track record and the guy that I think that is going to be in the running as well. They said that they've been talking with Ozzy Dean. It, it's a very interesting search because they kept it quiet, but I'm impressed with the way the search has gone because I think that they're doing a very thorough and sound job as much as, you know, White Sox Twitter has been very anxious to see who will be the next man in charge on the South side. Yeah, no, it's, it's for sure. Um, you know, I know I'm sure that they're waiting a lot on either the world series or whether, you know, what other managerial, you know, uh, uh, dimes fall and stuff like that. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. I know because with the, especially with the White Sox, um, and we said a little bit before, Ryan, that the fact that, you know, you mentioned, you know, Kansas City right now is one of the only other vacancies in, in the league and not many people want to go there. It's a little bit in shambles with what, you know, Dayton Moore and all that stuff in general. Right. So, um, as you said, so it, it's going to be, you know, with the White Sox talent, I, mean, I, I don't see how a lot of people don't want to go there. So um, whoever gets that job is for sure going to have an opportunity to, you know, c- cash in on, on, you know, that talent and, and have an opportunity to fix them. Um, it's the most attractive job in the market. 
yeah, I, I would oh. say right now, I mean, because it's only two openings between the Sox and mm-hmm. Royals, unless if you know Aaron Boone's status mm-hmm. is in jeopardy, is the skipper in New York, and mm-hmm. you know the future of Dusty Baker, which I think is, is a lot heavily contingent on this upcoming World Series against Philadelphia. Oh yeah, of course, and that's it's the one thing too I didn't think about until you brought it up too, and the fact that you know if Dusty Baker um, decides to step down, whether it be uh, if he goes out on top. I think if I think if the if the Astros lose, I don't see him retiring. I think he's I think because I mean it's like the Astros the Astros and I don't think the Astros let him go either. I think he's in a you know a great job there, and I think um, you know he, he still has an opportunity. I mean they can go to the World Series next year. I mean they've obviously gone to you know six straight ALCSs, so who knows? Uh, on the on the other side though, who the Astros beat to get to the the World Series, the Yankees, and we'll talk a little bit. We'll break down that series and get break down more of the Yankees, but. Uh, Anthony Rizzo has an opt-out in the offseason. Miles, I wanted to get your opinion on this because um, Cubs are looking for a first baseman. And if Anthony Rizzo decides to opt out, I know there's been a lot of chatter, chatter whether, whether it be Jose Abreu or whether it be, I don't know, Josh Bell even too. A lot of people have mentioned too with the Cubs. Um, you think Anthony Rizzo would come back to the Cubs? Do you think it's a landing, a landing spot that, that we could expect if that does happen if he opts out? Uh, I think there's definitely that possibility. I think there's a little bit of sourness there as Rizzo has kind of voiced over the years in terms of how the Cubs kind of handled that whole situation. And, you know, I think Joe Madden made a good point a few days ago saying that Rizzo was supposed to be the, the next Mr. Cub and for them to kind of ship him the way he did for, you know, the right reasons or the wrong reasons. You know, I think there's, I think there's always a, always a debate for that. Um, I could definitely see him coming back. I, I don't feel like it's very likely though, even, even me as a diehard fan. Um, I think there's also a lot of talent coming up and the Cubs also want to continue to develop. And, you know, in terms of first baseman, you know, I, I know that he might still be a ways away, but I think, I think the, the front office is keeping an eye on Matt Mervis right now. And, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, they're able to move him around and maybe something worse with Rizzo, but I do think it's kind of unlikely just because of the nature of what has happened over the years. But I know that he has a special, Chicago has a special place in his heart. Um, so I could definitely see it, but I do feel like it's unlikely. Yeah, no, I think that that, that is true. And with the way things were handled, who knows if you want to come back. Um, and yeah, it's one of those things where it's like when something, when the chapter is closed, it might be a chat, you know, the chapter is closed in general. So I, who knows there, but um, it would, it will be a fascinating to watch where he would go um, regardless. Cause there's plenty of options uh, for sure. I mean, you know, I think, I think ultimately if you had to ask me, he, I think he's staying with the Yankees. Uh, I just think he played, he's played well there. He's loved there like instantly. Um, it's got an inst- instant connection there. So and I think another spot where I heard that he, it could be a possibility is like the Marlins because he's from Florida. Um, yeah. So that'd be another option for sure. But uh, we'll, we'll jump right into the postseason. Uh, obviously we're, we're past the, uh, the LCS now and into the world series. Uh, it's the Philadelphia Phillies uh, taking on the Houston Astros, but we'll go into what, how they got there. And I think we'll go to, we'll go to the series where, um, I guess the best way to put it, uh, the least happened, and that's the ALCS, uh, where it was just a clean, just a clean sweep of the New York Yankees. The Astros went in there, won all four games. Um, and we'll start with you, Gabe. Your thoughts on this series in general? I mean, I, I think we, we thought. I mean, we all. I think pretty much we were all in agreement that the Astros are going to win the series. It was a matter of how. And honestly, I thought it was going to be more of a series. I thought it was going to be six games, maybe five, or at least five. And it just wasn't. It wasn't in the cards for the Yankees. They couldn't hit all series. 
And I think they compared it. I think they had the stats and they compared it to the 2017 Cubs. And, it, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> when your team can't hit in the playoffs, uh, it's, it's tough to, to win a game. Absolutely. And when you have timely hits the way that Houston has had in this postseason and a bullpen that has produced to the level in which they've done, you know, thus far in October, it, it speaks volumes. You know, I, I've been impressed with this Houston team and what they've been able to accomplish and do over the last several years. And I, I feel like they just truly outclassed New York from top to bottom. I I just, I, I'm, I'm, as a fan, I'm mesmerized by the success that they've had. How many teams do you know can get to six straight ALCS, get to the World Series four times, I believe, out of the last six years? since they've mm-hmm. been on this run mm-hmm. and you lose George Springer, Carlos Correa, Gary Cole, and you replace them with no problem. Jordan Alvarez, Framber Valdez. And, and then you also get Jeremy Payne, who was the MVP of the ALCS and is a shortstop that I think a lot of people need to have their eyes on if they don't already. Mm-hmm. You know, with the way he's been able to hit and produce from his home run in game three of the ALDS round against Seattle to the big home run that he had in game four to tie the game up. I believe it was in the top of the fourth when they were down by like three mm-hmm. or four runs. You know, it's, I've just been impressed. You know, what they've been able to do as a group. and It's not too many teams that are able to just do that, to just lose talent and to find a way to replace it in-house the way that they have and have done. Um, Luis Garcia just stepping up the way he did, making extra innings in that 18 game thriller in game three against Seattle before Pena hit that home run and give him a one on lead. You know, they, they just, that, that a true definition of strength in numbers. Like the Golden State Warriors and the NBA, that's what the Houston Astros have been to the American League over the last six years in Major League Baseball. Yeah, Gabe hit it on, he hit it on the head. Um, the Astros are just the better team. And I know, uh, I know a lot of New York is very frustrated right now with the Yankees and with Aaron Boone. Um, but I also, I also think, you know, Yankees fans being Yankees fans also realize that your team wasn't hitting, but also the pitching was out of this world. They were doing that before they got to the Yankees. And this team is just very well-versed all around. Gabe said it perfectly. You know, you lose guys over the years and then other guys step up. Younger players are getting opportunities. You're getting other players to replace other players that have left. That's that, that's a big hats off to this organization for them to be as dominant, to continue to be as dominant as they have and kind of prove a point, to, you know, kind of disregarding, hey, you know, what happened in the past, what happened in the past. We're a good baseball team without that. And I think that they've proved that um, this year. and. You know, I, there, there's very few like bullpens and, and rotations that scare me. This Astros one, this Astros team has one of one of those bullpens and, and rotations that I'm like, look, man. I mean, best of luck with whoever's up there. It's uh, they're a very deep team everywhere, and Dusty Baker has done a great job with this ball club to kind of rally them again this year. Um, and you know, pretty much take them all the way. And now it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. This is going to be a really fun series to watch. These are two teams that are trying to prove something and are playing for a lot with two extremely strong fan bases. So, I, I, I this Astros team is amazing, and it's just it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. 
Yeah, no, and I think also too with the Astros in the, in the Yankee series, I think was just seeing how they handled. I think the whole postseason, you could say this about how the pitching staffs handled facing Aaron Judge, but I think regardless of who he was facing, man, I, he just looked off the whole playoffs. So. Uh, yeah. Just kind of wanted to get your guy. What did you guys think about? Like, we'll start with you, Miles, and like, wh- what did you see with his play this postseason that just didn't work? I mean, it, it, they, they, you know, even uh, I think they said it too. It was on, on uh, I believe it was MLB Network. Like, he was just getting meatballs, and he wasn't able to. He wasn't able to do much with it in, in the postseason. I'm, we, I'm not sure what it was, but what, what did you think about his performance overall? And and whether he's going to stay because I, I know uh, he's going to be a free agent now. So you know, what did you think? Yeah, it's, it's, there, there was you know there was a lot of. You know, kind of going back to the pitching standpoint, uh, the Guardians pitched him very, very well. Um, I think there was a lot that they learned about him throughout this season. They kind of realized the damage they can do at the plate. And clearly they came in there with a game plan where they were just avoiding his barrel. For the few pitches that they did leave over the plate, for the majority, he was missing a lot of them. Um, and so what I saw from every stat that I was facing him throughout the playoffs just keeping it away, breaking balls away, um, you know, tying his hands up a bit, kind of just making him off balance. And then you can see him kind of pressing during every at-bat mm-hmm. after a while. And, you know, when when you kind of throw off his game, it, it, it kind of threw off the rest of the lineup. Granted, there were a lot of other players who stepped up very well in that lineup. Um, but I do think needs to be mentioned. Harrison Bader, amazing, mm-hmm. amazing this postseason. Um so I just wanted to note that, but really they just made him uncomfortable. They made him uncomfortable. And, you know, they teams, teams were, they weren't pitching him scared. They're pitching him in a way. It was like, Hey, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, get one off me, I'm really going to make you earn it, but I'm going to make it very, very hard for you. Um, and so in terms of him going back to the Yankees, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think, um, I think it's a matter of who's going to give him the best offer. Now we know that he turned down seven years, 213 million. Um, and clearly he feels that he is worth more than that. I don't disagree with him at all. Um, this, this, uh, this Yankees management is a little bit different from what, what we're used to, what we're, what we're used to seeing with the Yankees over the years. And I think it's a matter of how much he can buy into this team and, you know, how much are they willing to offer him that he feels like he's worth. So, you know, it can go either way. They said that they don't know what his intentions are. No one can really guess it. He's, he's been pretty, neutral about it ever since the series has ended so anything can happen anything can happen i can see him go back to the yankees but i can also see him trying his luck somewhere else when i when i look back at aaron judge's postseason i i first and foremost i i just really wondered why was he back lead up i think that was a was a huge mistake early on and i believe through the first couple of games in the ALDS against Cleveland, he was at leadoff. And for a guy who, you know, was in search of trying to chase Maris's home run record in the American League, towards the, you you could see it towards the, like, final couple weeks of the regular season, he was pressing. Mm-hmm. Like, like Miles said to play, he was pressing a lot. Instead of just letting it come to him naturally and doing what he does best, which is driving the ball. And he was getting behind in a lot of counts you know, 0-2, and he, he, and the reason why, honestly, is because he was chasing. He was chasing a lot of, a lot of pitches, too, because he wasn't getting anything to hit for such a prolonged period of time, because teams didn't want to be, uh, pitchers didn't want to be that guy who gave up the record-breaking home. But he took that same approach into the playoffs, 
And he had moments where he showed you such as game three against Cleveland when he connected on, I believe it was, was it, it wasn't, was it McKenzie? Yeah, it was McKenzie who was that game three mm-hmm. starter. We, mm-hmm. we connected on Tristan McKenzie and took him out the left center. Like he drove yeah. the ball. He kept his approach very simple at the plate. And he did that. He found success. He even did it in game five, you know, against a volley, you know, getting it over the short port. I, I just feel like him batting leadoff and him pressing was a bad combination. I think it played a part in the struggles. But this is something that he's going to have to answer to at the negotiation table. Yes, he does deserve to get paid top dollar. Yes, he is one of the game's best stars. But he's left a lot on the table throughout his time as a Yankee in the playoffs. And that's what you're judged by and measured by in the city of New York. And the fan base, who I, I know very well, and I follow a lot of Yankees fans, and I watch a lot of Yankees games, you know, they they haven't taken too kindly to it. All in all, he's had an incredible. He had an incredible season. Nonetheless, he's going to get paid top dollar. Who who it will be remains to be seen. I, I do think that the fans were a little bit harsh on him. You know, it, it tried to boom. I thought that was uncalled for a lot. But at the same time, he, he pressed a lot, man. I think that's what led to his downfall at the plate and all of that pressure and all of that. You know, the lights on him. It didn't help. No, yeah, you, and you make a good point too with the way that the Yankees fans have uh, taken to that, and and I mean, yeah, I, I know uh, a couple of diehard Yankee fans, and they they do they did not at all uh, take take it all like take it lightly at all as to how he performed the playoffs. I mean, I've I even had a, a Yankee fan tell me that it's fine if he goes somewhere else because they don't want to, they don't want to pay that much, and they don't they don't want you know they for for the postseason you know with the way he performs in the playoffs, and I'm like, damn. <laughs> I'm like, oh damn! I know, right? I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just like, okay. And I want to say something. I want to say something in response to that. If there's any Yankee fans, (laughs) this man carried your offense through a tough stretch in August. No one was hitting. I repeat, no one. You also didn't have a healthy DJ LeMahieu in the mix as well, which played a a big part, and I think in him batting lead off, but. You know, you could have put some other guys and tried to rework every two of that lineup where you have your most productive hitter where he normally hits, and that's the three spot. Yeah, and, and I think for uh, I will say this in, in defense, in defense of my friend that was saying that he does want the money spread out. It's like the whole. It's like he wants he wants uh he yeah, he wants Correa. He wants like if they could get like you know another starter, you know whether it be Rodon or something like that. Just another, just another, or like even Edwin Diaz for example. Who knows. Uh, but like he wants the money spread out. I think that's why he, he doesn't want to spend all the money on one place to, for it to that. But you're completely right on that in that sense that without Aaron Judge, they might have not even won the division. They might have just been a wild card team and he carried that offense. And another thing, too, when it comes to the, the lineup is is that I kept hearing, too, in the last few days is that uh, and one of the reasons why people want Aaron Boone out if, you know, the, for the fans is, is, is that the lineup were the lineups were just, you know, they were played with too much. Like every, yeah. every game there was, you know, a new shortstop or every game there was a new, you know, uh, leadoff hitter or there was yeah. this and that. Yeah. It was just too much. And it's kind of like what happened at the latter stages of, uh, of Joe Madden being with the Cubs is that a lot of the guys and they, they're just not comfortable with that. And I mean, I mean, Miles, you can attest to it. I mean, you played base, you've played it. So like, for example, like I know um, I also heard on MLB Network, they were saying like, you know, they, oh, I've asked plenty of players that are in the, in the pros you know, if you wake up and you're in the same uh, spot in the lineup every day and you know you're going to play, 
um, and where you're going to play, like that does a lot for your confidence, right? It, it does. It, it, oh my gosh. It makes the biggest difference. You know, your role, you know what you have to do in that position, whether it's in the lineup, whether you're in the field, you, 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 you kind of have a good idea. You're getting into a routine. Um, just about, you know, just it's the how to perform as a ball player. Um, there's one thing that coach Frado at Oakton did very well in 2018 when we, when we had that very successful season, uh, same lineup every single game same lineup he knew the guys that he was going with now he's making little chains here changes here and there when you're playing in the college world series you, you know you got to pull some strings a little bit mm-hmm. but for the most part going into every single game uh coach Rado had the same exact lineup um and that helped guys that helped us know hey you know what we, we know what to expect i know what the guy in front of me is capable of i know what i can do i know what the player behind me can do it's the biggest thing in the world. If we're, if we're switching lineups, then I have to kind of, you kind of, you're not, not change your mentality as a hitter, but you kind of have to like, you know, readjust as to what, you know, what you're going to do at the plate. If you're moving me in the, in the, in the two spot, when, when I'm a cleanup hitter, look, it, it's going to be a little bit different for me as a hitter, just, just in terms of that first inning for me as a hitter, you know, me being in the cleanup spot or the, or the three spot, I'm expecting the first two guys, the first three guys to get on base, and I'm trying to knock you in. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to kind of depending on the leadoff hitter, as, as opposed to, you know, depending on other guys in front of me to get on, you're pitched too differently. Your mentality does change a little bit. So it, it, it changes a lot. It changes a lot for, for certain hitters. And, you know, I didn't understand why Boone was changing around so much. Clearly it wasn't working. Um, and by the way, I learned the other day that the Yankees are very analytically dr- driven. Mm. I'm not going to get into that. That's a big rant that I can go on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that there's a lot of learning from the Yankees organization that there has to be a change of strategy. You know what I mean? There has to be something that, that changes because for a team that talented to get bounced the way they did, and granted, I know I said the Astros are a very talented team. They are. But come on, man. We, 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 we all know this Yankees lineup. Um you know, I, I, I disagree. I disagree with how Boone handled that. And, you know, I'm curious to see what they're going to change going into next season. i tell you another thing I disagree with when it came to Aaron Boone's management of the Yankees throughout the playoffs is bullpen management, especially yeah. in the ALDS mm-hmm. series against Cleveland. You know, I could go back to game three. You know, you got Wanty Peralta. He gave you a solid eighth. You throw him back out there. You got your guy Clay Holmes. He's been one of your most relief, uh, best, your most impressive arms throughout the year coming out the pen, and you don't go to him, and you say, "Well, I don't want to go to him because he be, he's pitching in back to back days." It's the playoffs, man. Yeah. It was a one-one series at the time. You, that that could have cost them a round. No. The, the, the mistakes that he made, and he he presses a lot with his bullpen at times when it's not necessary at all, and that to me is what a spell his doom. Like, I, 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 this is a different era of Yankees baseball. Because George Steinbrenner, if he was alive, oh my God, I, I, I don't think he'd have made it past the end of this week. I really don't. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, 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 and money would definitely be spent to upgrade the shortstop position, and money would be spent on Judge, but there will also be some expectations out of Judge, too, if old man Steinbrenner was still around running the show. Mm-hmm. So, this has become a more economically efficient Yankees team, but at a cost, even though mm-hmm. they're still a great team, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. in the American League East. Yeah, no, and you make a good point with the Steinbrenner thing. And, and one more thing uh, with the Yankees is that um, th- the fact that they – a lot of was made of the fact that they FaceTimed uh, David Ortiz uh, before the game and uh, they, you know, had all – there was all this talk about, you know, the 4 Red Sox. And, I mean – I'm t- when, Yeah, when, when I thought – look, when I heard about it, I was like, well, that's, that's – I mean, that's, that's a little funny. That's, you know, whatever. You know, this is what it is. Anything to do to, to pump up your team. And right. then I went I went to Twitter and the outrage was insane. The Yankee fans were so pissed. And and then I and then after obviously after the fact too, after the series was over, even worse, obviously. But even um I saw Michael K. He went on a rant after, man. Oh, he I made saw that. He, he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he made the best the best the best way to like to understand why the Yankee fans are mad is his analogy, which was super harsh, but, but it was, uh, uh, he said it was like teaching an, a, a family member of Abe Lincoln's how to use a gun and how not to use it. And then showing them like, uh, showing them like a clip of, of, of Abe Lincoln getting shot. Like, that's like, it's, it's, it's what he said. I was like, damn, <laughs> but, but that's, that's, that's what they're saying. Right. Cause it, it was the darkest moment in Yankees history and they're using, they're using the Red Sox to pump that it just doesn't make any sense it's very it's really weird against a team team that has sent you home yeah three out of the last five (laughs) years 2017 2019 2022 like if that ain't enough motivation being down 3-0 to a team that sent you home twice in the last Mm -hmm. four years leading up into sunday night i don't know what he yeah, the Yankees not used to being the little brother mm-hmm. of a team. Mm-hmm. They've become the little brother of Houston. Yeah, and, and to this extent too, because they've they've obviously played uh, second fiddle to the Red Sox in the last twenty years, right? Because the Red Sox yeah. have won World Series and stuff like that, whatever more at least I should say. Um, but no, yeah, this is, this is a whole new level of of second fiddle when it comes to being the Astros that they don't even, they don't let you in the World Series. Right. They're just like the, the Yankees can't even get in there because because the Astros are just, you know, just bullying him in the ALCS. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, it's it's a lot. And we'll, we'll definitely have more time to talk about the Yankees in the offseason, because I'm sure there'll be a lot of retooling, whether it be from the man, you know managerial side or whether it be from the player side. But it's 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 going to be a lot for sure. All right. But now we'll shift our focus to the NLCS, where it was a longer series, uh, not by much, but it was longer. Uh but I just felt like in this, the NLCS was just, was just more eventful. Like there was just more twisting and turning and, and more of more, uh, you know, seesaw games and comebacks and all this stuff. It was a more exciting series for sure. Um, you know, obviously the Phillies came out on top four games to one over the Padres. I uh, thought the Padres were going to put more, more of a fight when it came to the win loss column. Uh, but they just weren't able to, you know, they weren't able to hang with the Phillies bats. And I think that's what the, the series ultimately came down to. Um, you know, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, they did their thing. I mean, Zach Wheeler for sure is, is the best pitcher the Phillies got right now, the hottest pitcher they got. Uh, and he showed up. And obviously Bryce Harper was MVP of that series for a reason because that man is, is the hottest bet in the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll start with you, Miles. What, what did you think overall about the series in general with the Phillies and the Padres? Very, very fun series to watch. I love seeing – I just love seeing the, the Phillies fans and – you know, the Philly fanatics, everyone enjoying themselves. Um, that was, that was, I mean, really, that was a story for the Phillies. They, they, they took care of business, um, even in San Diego. And 
you know, by the time they get home, they have so much momentum and Bryce Harper putting the team on his back the way he did. Um, Reese Hoskins also kind of just, just getting hot out of nowhere. It's great. It, it, it's great for baseball. Um, just just going over this this overall run for the Phillies, I think it is one of the coolest things ever. Um, I still want to say that Kyle Schorber hit one of the hardest balls I've ever seen in my life. That was that was one of the quickest swings I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> so there's just, there's so much great to this to this breakdown when it comes to the Phillies. Um, do I think they're better than the Astros? No, but we've been here before with with the, 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 the not as good team kind of being at a disadvantage. We've been here before. Um, so, you know, just, you know, I, I really want to highlight Zach Wheeler. I think that he has been absolutely lights out. Um, I still feel like he hasn't gotten a lot of credit. Um, I still feel like he's not talked about enough. I'll correct that. Um, and just from an overall, you know, pitching standpoint, everyone has stepped up, everyone has stepped up. And so it's, it's been, it's been great to see. And, um, I think the Phillies have all the momentum in the world going going into this very tough series against the Astros. If you had told me in the middle of September when Philadelphia came in the Wrigley Field and got swept by the Cubs, <laughs> and we would be here talking about the Phillies being four wins away from their first World Series title since 2008, I would not believe you. I looked at you like you was crazy. Um, th this team, you talk about timely hitting, they've gotten it. And the bigger the stage, the bigger Kyle Swarber is. And he's been that way since his first playoff run with the Cubs hitting the home run against St. Louis in the NLDS to help them, you know, overcome the cards that year as a wild card team to doing it in Philadelphia. And you talk about a power bat. It is that dude has been amazing? Bryce Harper, he's accomplished everything in the sport that an individual player can. And what you're witnessing right now is a player who is hell bent on doing whatever it takes to win a World Series championship. You cannot tell me that Bryce Harper every single day he wakes up, does not think about the fact that the Nationals won the World Series after he left and decided to go to Philadelphia. He knows that the time is now and hits like the one that he had in the bottom of the eighth to give Philly the lead at a key spot in the ball game when the game was on the line. That's 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 just true clutch hitting. That's what it that's what it's all about, man. You know, he he's got all the money, he's gotten all the accolades. As I said, he wants that ring. And this is a team that is not to be played with. Like Miles said, they have all the momentum. The pitching has been impressive. Zach Wheeler made the right decision. You know, he proved that it's not always about money. I believe the White Sox actually offered him more money than the Phillies did. And he mm -hmm. decided to go to Philly. Now you see why. You know, he has a chance to, to, to do something special. Not to say that he wouldn't have here, but he made the right decision. You got to give him his credit. Aaron Nola, been impressive. I mean, Gene Segura, the, the defense that he's had. Oh, my God. For a team that's not even known that much for defense with the, a, a second. And the timely hits that he's had from game one in the wild card round to game three of the, of the NLCS against San Diego. San Diego, they put up a, a hell of a fight. But that's a team, man, when, 
when when they get in time to hits like that, it's it's nothing you can do. You just got to tip your cap. You know, Padres had one hell of a season. You just got to tip your cap to Philadelphia right now, man. With the way that they playing baseball, they hot. And that crowd uh, at Citizens Bank, man, I, I know for games three through five of the World Series, they're going to be in action. Yeah, no, you, you make a good point, too, in the fact that, you know, the, the they just – they couldn't handle it. Like, the, the hitting they, – they, the, and the, the thing is, the Padres, they had their their clutch hits when it came to Machado – uh kim you know you know doing his thing you know and uh but it just it wasn't enough and i think it was like the phillies magic that just weren't able to do it but you said it too with harper man and i've and i've, and I've said it too like for the past like 10 years now right it's that you know this guy is you know hated for like no reason i feel like like he had sure he made some mistakes at the beginning of his career right where like you know you know, uh, mouthing off to purporters or whether it be fighting with jonathan papelbon but like everyone also forgets that he started in the majors at 19 you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. So, so I mean, who, who isn't going to make mistakes for, you know, at that age, let alone at 22, but the way that he's matured and, and man, every time I see, every time I see him talking to the media, he's just like, it's just, he's just so well put together and just like so chill and he knows what to say now. And, and it's, it's almost, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't get the whole, cause you know, I still see it, man. It's hard to believe. Cause I have to like, I feel like I have to bring up a tweet to see it, but people still call him overrated, which makes just no sense. Like at all. Like you look at the numbers you look at the numbers and you would think that person's drunk for thinking that. There's just Are no we way. watching baseball? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to exactly. ask that question at this point. I mean, the man did win MVP last year, by the way. Yeah. You know, he's still yeah. the reigning National League MVP. And he's showing you why yeah. on the game's biggest stage right now. He's mm. at no 400. <laughs> and, and he has matured. And that's yep. part of growing. That's yeah. part of learning the, the game, not only on the field, but off of the field. But that's a guy, man, who's hell bent on trying to get a World Series championship. He he knows what Washington did without him. And I know that made him feel some type of way. And now that he's back on that stage for the first time, and I want to say, what, four years? Like, he, he knows this is a golden opportunity. These opportunities don't come around often for baseball players. You're fortunate if you, if you can play 10-plus uh, years and get to the postseason half of the time. So, he, like, you know, he, he knows what's at stake. Yeah, and yeah, and and also just the fact that you know all you got to say to somebody if doubting them is just look at his baseball reference page for one, just look at it. <laughs> Two, yeah. just to just you know, the baseball reference has that thing where it's you compare other hitters at their age, right? And that you show like it shows Bryce Harper compared to other hitters at 29, number one, Barry Bonds. I mean, it's all you got to say, it's all you got to say. It's at that yeah. point, it's over, right? So <laughs> it, 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 the argument's over. All right, we are now joined by Chris Pennant. Uh, thanks for coming on, Chris. And uh, we're talking about the World Series right now, man. So, uh, first of all, how are you doing? And then also you can uh, let us know uh, your thoughts overall on, on the, the Phillies taking out the Padres. Doing all right. Had an interview that came up suddenly, so apologize to you guys for, for coming in the middle. Apologize to the audience as well. But when you're trying to chase that full time, you know how it goes. <laughs> no, yeah, it's. I think this is a – it's, it's funny It's funny to me how Bryce Harper downplayed because I got the chance to watch his post-game interview. I, I wanted to see that over, over Reese Hoskins or, or anybody else on the Phillies because mm -hmm. it, it wasn't like Bryce Harper was subject to the hewing theory. You know, his teams didn't just move on from him, a superstar, and then make it to the, to the playoffs. I think it was the opposite. You know, Washington didn't just they didn't just get lucky. They had the confluence of things that so ha often happens in baseball. The confluence of things came together for them at the right time. But it was so glaring 
for a team that was built around this kid to, after he left, go to the World Series and win in such an improbable fashion. So this was a big moment for him to get to the World Series because he was always the centerpiece of this Philadelphia team. You know, even with the other uh, stars that they had on that they've had on their roster, specifically in the in the, on the offensive side, he was always going to be the guy who got them to where they needed to be. Or if they didn't get there, you know, he was going to be the one most scrutinized. So uh, Bryce Harper has played about as well as a superstar can play when the lights are turned on brightest. I said when we were here a week ago that I thought the Phillies bats were hotter. And it turned out, it turned out for somehow I was right. As, as much as I don't watch National League, the Phillies really came through. I think I, I saw a headline on MLB that they went back to Philadelphia, tied one all. And I think the headline, and it wasn't a San Diego headline saying that with Joe Musgrove on the mound, this could just be the start of a really bad stretch for them in, in terms of this series. And it was exactly the opposite. They got done what they needed to do. And Bryce Harper was at the forefront of that. Yeah, no, 100%. I, that's what I thought, too, is that, and I said it, too, I thought that the, the you know, the Padres pitching could be, you know, the difference here, and and it was ended, it still was the Phillies, man, that they were able to, you know, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler were able to do their thing, so, you know, credit to the Phillies, I mean, they they just came through, and, and when, it, when it mattered most in the clutch hitting, gave mention to the clutch hitting, uh, and also the, the pitching, man, you gotta, I gotta, you know, you gotta tip your cap to the, their bullpen, and, and I, I, for sure, I mean, the first time we talked about the playoffs, the wildcard series, I had them going out in the first round. I did too. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, and I it was because too. I, yeah, I, I never thought that this team would, 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 would get as far as they have gotten, and they are proving that this playoff format is beneficial. Because if it was a year ago, they would not be here right now. And adding that third wild card spot not only helps keep fans in the seats, but it also proves guys around the league that all you got to basically do is just get in because if you get in you have a chance and and you throw the records out the window it's like Derek Dieter said in the captain documentary everybody's o and o when October comes around oh of course and then I, I mean who else to tell you that but Dodger fans right I mean, now, yeah. they, now they know yeah Mets fans know that. too Braves yeah. fans too. last year even. yep yeah so I mean it's just yeah, it's a, it's a whole other ball game, and especially, and I think a lot of people too also wanted to say that the fact that you know, oh, like you know, the five games or sorry, the five days off for the first seeds, and and I, I don't know, for me, it's I think you one look at the Yankees and the Astros, they made it through, so two out of the four, you know, higher seeds, but I think also is you just got to let the, the the playoff series or the sorry the the teams get used to the playoff series in the next few years, see how it goes. You know, I think one year is not a good test to be like, oh yeah, let's get rid of it. Cause I know a lot of people obviously were talking about it. Mostly, mostly the fans of the teams that were left out of the ALCS, obviously, but um, either way, uh, going out of the world series. Now it's obviously going to be the Phillies and the Astros, uh, but we'll start with you, Miles. What, what, what do you, your, what is your overall thoughts with this matchup? Obviously like, you know, as Gabe said earlier, you know, no one expected the Phillies to be here. Uh, uh, let alone, you know, be, let alone beat the Astros. And now I, mean, I think that, you know, both these teams have a chance of winning. Ultimately, um, we know the Astros are the better team on paper and the way they've been playing, obviously have been, you know, way better, but we know it's going to be entertaining series. And you said it, of course, also with the fact that the, these two fan bases are just crazy, but I mean, Phillies, I mean, they got, you know, fans, you know, climbing up light poles, even though they're greased up. So, <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a this this is a team that's playing very very inspired baseball, and the Astros are also playing very focused baseball. So it's two really good combinations right now um, that are gonna mesh. I think for a very good series. Yeah, I think I think I think with the with the Phillies, it comes down to you know their hitters have to stay hot. Um, you know, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola. They got to do their jobs as well, as long with everyone else in the bullpen and the rotation. Um, to, the best thing that they could do is just not let is not let the Astros kind of cool them off. The Astros are good at doing that. <laughs> everyone thinks that they're gangster until they go to Houston. So that so I think <laughs> I think it's just one of those things where it's like, hey, you know what? Don't let this Astros yep. team intimidate you. Don't let them control the narrative. Uh, go out there and keep playing the game that you've been playing because you know. Gabe's is a Gabe said it. Chris has talked about it. We talked about it. Anything can happen in postseason baseball. Um, they, they just got to keep on playing that inspired ball and keep playing, keep playing with that, with you know that chip on the shoulder. Bryce Harper, who, who's gonna, he's gonna give it his all this series. I'm so happy to see him in the World Series. Uh, I think, I think the Phillies are actually gonna really hold their own for whatever the outcome is. Um, and I think I think we're gonna have a lot of fun watching this. I'm, I'm very excited. I wish it wasn't starting on Friday. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, man, it's 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 hard to disagree with Miles. The only problem is you gotta you gotta look at two games that they're gonna play. They're gonna have Framber Valdez for one, and yeah. the way he's pitching, you could probably chalk that up as a loss. And you got to beat one of three or t- one of three guys twice conceivably. Now this is 2022 starting pitching in the playoffs. Doesn't mean what it used to mean. You're not going to see a guy three times probably, but you have to beat one of Justin Verlander, Lance McCullers Jr. Or um, gosh, I'm, I'm, I was going to say Luis Castillo, but I know he's with the Mariners. So why am I blanking on the third uh, the fourth Wait, guy in their rotation. Framber? You know Framber Valdez? Are you talking about no, no. Uh, uh, Luis Christian Garcia? Javier? Luis Garcia. Oh, thank Luis you. Garcia, Christian yeah. Javier more than likely going to be the guy that gets yeah, yeah, more, say, more yeah. bumped mm-hmm. than, than Luis Garcia because they had Garcia coming out the pen in the LDS mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's who I was missing. So you're going to have to beat one of those guys at least twice. And that's a tall task, it, especially when the first name that comes up is the most likely for them to be able to get to is Verlander. And that's no, no guarantee at all. I can see them going to to two all. um, And then, you know, Philly's going to have to win two of three against Houston. And how many teams have done that, did that in the regular season? So I think the, I think the Phillies are going to make it close. I think they have to make it close. They're going in like professionals. They don't have a happy to be here attitude. I think that was really evident in Harper's post game. He was saying, it's like, I wanted to play here. I was ready for this environment. I was ready for this moment when I came here as an opposing player so I wanted to do this for this team, for the city. He was he was very, very gregarious. I thought it was really cool when he said that, you know, there's 46,026. You know, there's this many people in the stadium and this many guys in the dugout, and we're all pulling on the same rope pretty much. And that was dope. But it's really going to come down to, are they going to be able to stay hot? Are they going to be able to get to one of those ace pitches that they've got um, can you can you get around Alex Bregman at some point in time because he does so many things for for the Astros? There's a lot of things. There's a lot of um, equations to solve on Philadelphia's board. I don't know if they'll be able to solve all of them. 
to me, the series comes down to three things. Can the Phillies hit the four-seam fastball that is proven to be problematic to so many teams whenever they face Houston? If you look at, like, the advanced metrics and the data, like the Mariners came into the LDS round punishing four-seam fastball. They didn't do that against Houston. The Yankees came in punishing four-seam fastball. They didn't do that against Houston. Philly's got the hottest offense in baseball right now. Can they do that remains to be seen. Another thing is going to come down to is whether or not the Astros can hit pitches on the inside part of the plate against Philly, which is where guys like Nola and Wheeler are going to seek to attack the hitters. Thus far, they've proven that they can, especially Jeremy Payne. And they do it in this series with the ring on the line and the championship on the line. That remains to be seen. And then last but not least, defensively. Philadelphia is built like an American League team. They have a lot of first base DH prototype type of guys. It has worked for them thus far. But in a series like this, in all series in the postseason, where the margin of error is small, you cannot afford to give things extra outs. If they do that, it could make them or it could break them, depending on how pitchers pitch through jams and situations if they encounter them. I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, just looking at both of these teams. Yeah, the stars are going to show up. They're going to show out. I think the pitching is going to be very great on both sides. Christian Javier is not a guy that you can just sleep around, even if he is a game four star. And I, and I find it interesting that Houston hasn't announced their starters for the first two games yet. Philly has. So I'm wondering, are they going to go with Framber in game one? Are they going to go with JV in game two? Or are they going to flip-flop it? Either way, I do think those are the top two guys. But it, it's going to be a hell of a series. And I, I definitely think we're looking at a six or seven game series right now. Oh, 100%. And, that's true. and that is true what you said about how they, they haven't named their, their starters yet um, because, it yeah, they could really throw out anyone in game one and game two uh, with the way things are going. But I would like, I, I, from a fan perspective, though, would really love to see uh, Verlander versus Wheeler. So hopefully, you know, they're able to give us that. Um, but uh, one thing, one more thing uh, when it comes to the World Series, um, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on who you think would be an uh, X factor for either team. You know, I'll, I'll go first. Like, um, I think if, if for one player out of either team that could change the series, um, I think for me, it's going to be Aaron Nola. I think if the, if the Phillies uh, are, are to win this series or even stay in the series, they're going to need Aaron Nola, Aaron Nola to, you know, pitch like himself, pitch like he did earlier in the postseason. Obviously, he had a, a clunker in the last last uh, game he played against the Padres, six runs. He gave up in four and two-thirds. I'm um, not saying it's going to happen again, but, you know, you can't mess around with this Astros lineup as we saw against the Yankees, right? So I think if if the Phillies were to win this series, they're going to need Aaron Nola to pitch like Aaron Nola, have Zach Wheeler and Nola kind of do their thing. I know I'm, I'm pretty sure – I'm pretty sure that Wheeler can, you know, hold his own against the Astros, just how hot he's been, you know, pitching uh, in general and, and just the way that, you know, the, the Astros lineup hits against the type of pitching like that. So, you know, regardless, uh, am I going to be surprised if it's like a clean sweep or something like that? No. Uh, but I do also want to get you guys overall predictions of who, you know, who's going to win and how they're going to win it. But uh, yeah, I think for me, ultimately, you know, the Astros are going to win it. Uh, but I think it, it will be six or seven games. 
I'd probably say four two or, or four three, but um, I think if I had to put my money, I would say four two. Um, but uh, yeah, well, what, we can start uh, with you, Gabe. What, what do you think is your overall uh, X factor for the series, and who do you think is going to win ultimately? I think the X factor is really going to be Yuli Gurriel. You know, whether or not he comes through or, or, or does not, I, I think he's going to make a break a, a lot of these games. You saw the timely hits that he had in the New York series that paid significant dividends for them breaking through in that game four, as well as even in game three as well, when they, you know, got out to a big lead. I I expect Houston to win, but it's very hard for me to go against Philadelphia. But then again, this layoff with these teams having, you know, like not playing in almost a week. I think the team that scores first in most of the, in at least these first two or three games are going to be the teams that had the upper hand. Because pitching, I expect to be dominant in Houston through the first couple of games on both sides. Because it's going to take a while for these offenses to, you know, read these pitchers, sort them out a little bit. But I, I, if I was a bad man, like, like you said, so I, I would take Houston. And I would take Houston in six games, but it would not shock me if Houston was to lose this series in six or seven games. I mean, they've lost, what, two out of their last three World Series on their own home field. So it, it wouldn't shock me. And the National League East has proven to be Houston's kryptonite, Washington, Atlanta, Philadelphia. That will mark three out of the last four World Series winners to be NLE's, you know, champions or wild card winners. Go ahead, Chris. As I, I like how Gabe mentioned that um, the team that scores first usually succeeds. And who have we seen leading off games for Philadelphia? One of my least favorite players in the league, Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> and that's going to be the X factor for sure for this series. Man was six for 15 in this camp in the championship series. How many of those six hits left the ballpark, as the Sox announcers would say? Three of them. Three, three times they got the early edge because Schwarber's out there to hit bombs. So can he do the same thing against a vaunted starting uh, starting rotation, as we have talked about for Houston? That's going to give them an edge. It might not give them everything because we know that the Astros don't mind deficits. But it could definitely give their team a psychological edge, something more that they need. And they need everything they can possibly get against this Houston team. Philadelphia is no doubt the underdogs, no doubt at all. And I think Schwarber is going to be a key to their success more than Castellanos, more than um, Alec Bohm, who we need to see more from, even more than um, Brandon Marsh or uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Brad Hand, anybody I could really think of. It's going to be Kyle Schwarber who has to get those hits, hit him out of the ballpark, and hit him out of the ballpark often. Yeah, just, I mean, that's a great point. I think, you know, there, there's definitely there's definitely a lot. There's a, everyone's going to play a role for the most part when you look at this series. I think Reese Hoskins, um, that's who I'm looking at in terms of just, you know, staying consistent, having consistent at-bats, hitting the ball hard. Um because I look, I look up and down this lineup. I think a lot of these guys have had some great moments this this postseason, and I know Reese Hoskins kind of turned it on during that championship series. So 
I think that'd be really helpful for him to carry that into the World Series and maybe even more, not just looking for the long ball, but just getting clutch base hits in general, moving guys over, working the cow, getting on base. I think all of that plays such a huge role in how that Phillies team is going to find some success against the Astros. And for the Astros, there's nothing but great things to say, mostly great things to say. Uh, I would say the one thing that I'm looking at, Jose Altuve. And if Jose Altuve is able to find it during this World Series, I think that kind of puts the Astros over the top because, you know, really, for the most part, the majority of this lineup has hit fairly well. I think Kyle Tucker's had, eh, I think he's been okay, not really all that great. Um, but, you know, Jose Altuve is still Jose Altuve. You know, Dusty Baker hasn't changed the lineup. You see him at, you see Jose Altuve at the top of the lineup every single game. So I think for him to kind of turn it on even more during the World Series, set the tone uh, during during each at-bat, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think already this Astros team is potent. That's the word of the week that I'm going to use for the Astros. It'll be a different word next week. But potent is the word I'm going to use for them this week. Um, and for if Jose Altuve is able to find it and turn it on and contribute even more to this offense, best of luck. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, with with the way, you know, and you guys all make your great points, and I think that the way that um, Gabe said, I mean, I, I didn't think about that either with the NLEs, just, you know, you know, being able to beat them that like that and being their kryptonite. I mean, that's – that's uh, if the Phillies are able to pull it out, <laughs> I mean, that – that narrative is going to live forever. I think in the fact that it's, you know, the NL East is able to take down the, the great Astros teams of the, you know, of, of this half century, you know, but uh, yeah, it's going to be, an, it's going to be an epic series. I think it's just two teams that have that firepower, have the pitching and the clutch, the clutch gene, each team has their own, you know, like it, it's, I don't think any team has been able to match the, the clutchness of the, of the Astros um the the players they've got but if you're gonna pick any team out of the playoffs probably be the Phillies with the way that you know Bryce Harper's hitting Reese Hoskins is hitting you know no, no stage is too big for these guys and I think that's that's what makes you know this World Series uh just so um exciting to you know that it's gonna be you know a hell of a watch either way um but definitely uh great to have all you guys on this week Gabe Chris uh, I'm sure we'll have you guys on next week to talk either post World Series or we'll be in the middle of the World Series depending on how long this thing goes and of course, Miles, thanks for coming on again. And uh, we'll definitely uh, uh, enjoy the World Series and uh, come back on next week. All right, guys. Yes, sir. All right. All right, guys. Until next time, this was uh, episode 30 of the At Bat Baseball podcast. Enjoy the World Series, everyone.